Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now! What's going on, friends? Happy Giving Tuesday. It is Giving Tuesday. For those who don't know, this was created about 10 years ago. It's a day to donate to the charitable causes that we like and get tax receipts before the year is over. And and whatever it is that compels you to donate, whether it's the uh, tax avoidance or just you want to give back and support a great cause, mm-hmm. highly encourage you to do it. Although I'm acutely aware that there's a lot of people who are broke right now. New food bank numbers yesterday, Kat, yeah. that say it's the busiest year in history. Yeah. Millions and millions of food bank visits. Uh, a listener actually pointed out to us the other day, the lineup at the food bank is taking like in excess of 40 minutes just to get in, in some cases. Mm-hmm. Really, really bad. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things on this episode of After 9, including our very own cat who fixed a contest so that oh! she could win something. <laughs> Allegations? No, my gosh, I can't. This is this story is um, it's incredible because I never enter contests, but I did and I won something. And now people think that it was rigged. Are you like one of those people that we hear about all the time that uh, 45 years old and I bought my first ever Powerball ticket and won 20 billion (laughs) dollars? You I mean, won on the first time you played a contest. Or I won. One of it? Yeah, I won. I know. I don't even enter. It's an. It was an Instagram contest, which I rarely, rarely enter. But there's a reason why I did it. Are we doing this here? Or you want me to? Just, no, no, no. I'll give. I'll give details later. I'll I, give details later. But basically, I saw something. I liked it, and I tagged friends, which is also part of the contest. And I tagged friends of mine who we had been talking about this exact product, and I happened to win it. And then. The controversy began yesterday. I was like, <laughs> it was, and the and the best part about this too is that I was Im- embedded in this controversy all day yesterday, and I didn't even know because I didn't check my DMs or my Instagram. I had no idea this was happening until someone texted me and alerted me to it. Exactly. Okay. So I, anyway, uh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I do have some questions about it. First off, though. Uh, we're going to do some hot topics today. There's a couple things that we haven't got a chance to talk about that have happened semi-recently, like the end of the uh, testimony last week at the Freedom Convoy Inquiry, the Emergencies Act one. So we're going to talk about that. The Ford government is doing something new that the mayors in many cities are quite angry about. We'll get to that and Cat's contest as well. But first off, Balenciaga. Balenciaga, for those who don't know, I think everyone does, but they're a luxury, high-end fashion brand. And while they did have a lot of popularity, a lot of clout, everybody was talking about them. Kim Kardashian was endorsing them. And who was the other one? Was it Kylie Jenner? Bella Hadid. Bella Hadid. There's many celebrities. By the way, Kanye West was also one of those people until they cut ties with Kanye West not long ago. And then Balenciaga puts this bondage thing out that involves children. Do you want to tell the story for those who don't know? We should make it perfectly clear because it's not like they depicted children in bondage. But I mean, gosh, at this point, you might as well have. So what happened was they launched their spring 2023 campaign a little while back. And all of those photos um, and that promotion was posted by Balenciaga. Let it be clear and let it be known, Scott, because holy crap. I feel like they're trying to play the blame game so hard right now. So they put out this ad campaign which featured kids in various different uh, like rooms. One was in a bedroom, for example. One was outside, and they're all holding teddy bears. The teddy bears are clad in S&M gear. The bondage gear we speak of was on the teddy bears that they were holding. Still pretty inappropriate, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't think that this will pass by a desk of someone high up at Balenciaga who is a very, I don't know what they're worth. I'm going to guess they're on the Forbes list somewhere, though. Yep. Very lucrative company. It passes by your desk and you go, yeah, 
Looks good. Kids. Bondage bears. What's not to love? Like, are you freaking kidding me? So anyway, so they put this out. It went viral for all the wrong reasons. And thus the outrage began. And with that outrage, obviously people were um, singling out those who work with Balenciaga and Kim Kardashian is one of them. Now, as I mentioned, Kanye West used to. Now they cut ties with Kanye West. People were already pissed at Balenciaga though for taking so long. They were one of the last ones. We remember um, Adidas. We remember uh, all of the other companies that he had worked with. And we were waiting on Balenciaga. They were one of the last ones to cut ties with Kanye West. Even Kanye West tweeted out saying, Balenciaga, this is disgusting. Take this down. This, for me, um, teeters on the borderline of child pornography or it's a gateway to it. It's disgusting. And any other number of things that he tweeted, I didn't see the exact tweets from Kanye West, to be fair. So I'm, I'm not going to tell you what exactly they said, but he was pissed. And there's some people who feel, though, that he was just using this as an opportunity to take a shot at the company that let him go. Do you think there's anything oh, to that? Oh, absolutely. He's going to be a little bitter. Who isn't a little bitter if somebody lets them go? I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of that as well. Um, and so Kim Kardashian has now released a statement. This was uh, a day or so ago. She says that she is absolutely reevaluating her relationship with the brand. And she had a very, very good relationship with the brand for those wondering. Um, she appeared in several of their recent ad campaigns. Bella Hadid, I don't know if she released it. Nonetheless, here we are now. Balenciaga is playing that blame game. As I mentioned, they're now suing the ad campaign promoter behind the ads. And maybe you hear that and it, it might make sense because, oh, okay, so it was their their job. No, it's still Balenciaga as a product, as a company, as a brand. Wh- how come you're not taking responsibility for these images? Why aren't you do? And why are you suing for $25 million? By the way, they say that that's what they, be- I'm assuming, we can all read between the lines here. I'm assuming the $25 million is what they believe they're going to lose based on this bad press, right? Sure. So now they're so. suing them. Give me a freaking break. If I hire someone to run my website, for example, and here it is, guys, here's my website. Um, I'm going to hire this company to post things. You better believe that I'm going to approve every single thing that that person puts together. Once all the pieces are in place, you throw, you, you give it to me. Same goes for every major company. It should. You, you can't tell me that you seriously take zero blame for it. It's messed up. You're saying it's wrong and you're not... placing any blame on yourself it just doesn't add up to me there's some out there who feel that balenciaga is now boldly brazenly stepping into an area that is uh something that's been rumored and and in the dark murky areas of the internet that there is a a segment of the population out there, and I'm not linking them to any political ideology, but I know that some people do, but that that sexualize children. And the thought here is that by Balenciaga doing this, what they were trying to do was normalize children in sexual situations. Do you really think they would be that brazen to put this out there and they figured that they could get away with this? Or is it entirely possible that they're just beyond incompetent? They got too big, too quick, they got too many celebrity influencers on their side, and and then they had to cut ties with Kanye. Kanye takes a shot at them, and this all blew up. But they didn't think that that would happen mm-hmm. because they're just bad at their job, yeah. managing a company. Because I tend to think that while I've I've certainly been sent the the videos of people explaining their theories about how this is devil worshiping and this is sexualizing children and and things like that. I've seen them. I still don't necessarily believe that. What I think is they're just really shitty. Who lets a product go without approving it? 
And what executive at Balenciaga saw that a child with a teddy bear in bondage and didn't instinctively think, should we be mixing children and sexuality in the same product? Because I have to think that that wouldn't have passed the sniff test for most of the people that should have seen and approved this product before it went live. Yeah, I don't buy it either, Scott. I don't buy it. I think it might be a mix. Maybe it's a mix because I hear you on those videos. I've I've also seen the same thing. A lot of... um, Theories out, theories, I guess I'll call them floating around out there with Hollywood specifically in this. Hollywood and the Democratic Party of America. It goes back to Pizzagate, right? Oh, they yes, were they were pimping people out of the back of yeah. a pizza parlor in Washington. Underage people getting pimped out of there. Then there's the Jeffrey Epstein angle. Right. And we've already heard so much about right. that. There's a lot of people who feel all these things are interconnected. And this is just Balenciaga taking a bold, brazen step towards putting it out there and trying to normalize sexualizing children. Whether that was their intention or not, this product certainly doesn't not do that. Mm -hmm. When you put a child and a bear in bondage gear, yeah, that doesn't seem right. It's sexualizing children. They should be accountable for this. And I think that they should come forward and say, we screwed up. We didn't approve the product. Our supplier made it. Nobody did their job. We all suck. And here's what we're going to do to help end child exploitation. Here's what we're going to do to help protect children in vulnerable yeah. situations yeah. Or, or however they want to do it. That would make a lot more sense to me than suing the supplier and com- continuing to abdicate any responsibility yeah. for this. And that's the thing is they won't say those words because of this lawsuit. They're not going to say, oops, at all. They're going to claim they were uh, they were the ones that were tricked, basically, uh, by this company. Yeah, I mean, well, that just seems weak. It seems weak. It is weak. It is weak. It's, a one, it's, it's very weak. Take some responsibility. And if you're a major company, for God's sake, make sure that you have control of your own brand. It's just insane to me. We'll keep you updated on this story, though. The Ford government just passed new legislation intended to spur housing development that they say will freeze, reduce, or eliminate fees that developers pay to municipalities. Critics of the legislation say it'll leave municipalities short billions of dollars in revenue that pay for the services that go around all these new homes that are being built, such as roads and sewers. That will lead to increased property taxes or service cuts. Hmm. Well, hey, listen, I am one that doesn't think that these budgets that every municipality is running are the most efficient they could be. There's a lot of waste in government spending. We know that. It happens at every level of government by every political stripe. So much of our tax dollars gets pissed away. So I do think that there is some room there to cut some costs. And I don't think it would lead to drastic service cuts that would affect that many people. I don't. But it doesn't change the fact that these municipalities are right. When a developer wants to go into, uh, let's uh, pick a city here. Let's say Flamborough. (laughs) A lot of open land in Flamborough. Flamborough. Developer wants to go in there and they say, yeah, that land over there, we're going to buy it and we're going to build 10 subdivisions. Mm -hmm. Woohoo! Lots of houses with good highway access. All right. Sure. Then they have to pay fees. And there's assessments that need to be done and so on and so forth. And basically, I think what the Ford government is trying to juggle is how do we get rid of all the red tape and allow shovels to get in the ground faster? And if we do eliminate all those barriers so shovels can get in the ground faster, what do we need to charge the fees for? 
So they've they've gutted everything from conservation officer authority to to permits and assessments and things like that. So the developers don't really need to pay a fee. That's what this legislation is. They can basically just buy the land and start building with a few minor sign-offs. But if you cut out those fees that are important revenue for cities, yeah, they're going to have to raise property taxes. My question to you and everybody listening is, are you willing to pay more for this massive onslaught of housing that's about to get built? Or do you want to leave it as it is? Developers, hey, you're going to make a shit ton of money building 10 subdivisions and a few condo units. You're goddamn right you're going to pay these fees because these fees help offset the fees that all of us pay. Mm-hmm. I think this is a... Uh, I think people will opt for that one. <laughs> you know, Majority. I don't think that governments get it right every time, and that's part of the reason we have the process we do. It'll go to committee. They'll make recommendations and changes. But in this case, it's passed. So there's a lot of mayors, big city mayors, that are freaking out saying, hey, listen, we're not sitting on vast surpluses here. We rely on those fees, and you've passed legislation already that says we must balance our budget. So now what the fuck do we do other than raise taxes? And I'll tell you something, Kat, I'm all for building more houses, but there has been a full-blown assault on houses that are already built in the last few years. You know, they've devalued them in every way possible, starting from the the Bank of Canada there and CMHC, and and the market is just going down like crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, these new houses that they build, I don't know what that's going to do for the market, but I, I can't see paying more to allow my house to devalue even more. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, so I really, really hope they have thought this through. Have you heard the term entrapment before? Yeah. York Regional Police Chief Jim McSween is applauding a Supreme Court ruling for an investigation that led to the arrests of 104 men for child luring and related offenses that did not amount to entrapment, according to the Supreme Court. The court unanimously rejected the appeal of four men that were convicted as part of this project that York Region Police did back in 2014. Police placed fake classified ads in the escort section of a website and then arrested guys who showed up at the hotel after an undercover officer pretended to be underage. McSween says in a statement that the high court clearly recognized the need for police services to adapt their investigative technique to address the rise of the online child sex market. Mm, Well, you know, it's funny. We get one story that's promoting it and another story that's trying to combat it here. So let's unpack this. The police, it was basically a sting operation. What was that show called? To Catch a Predator, wasn't it? To Catch a Predator, yeah. They basically did that. They might even have got the the idea from TV. In the classified. So this is 2014. They put this in the actual newspaper Mm -hmm. and online, I assume it went as well. And then people showed up to this. The officer at that point says, yeah, I'm I'm assuming as an officer that looks quite young Mm -hmm. and said, yes, I'm, I'm not of age though. And then they said, yeah, that's fine. Let's do this. And that's how they got busted. Yep. That's the gist of it. Okay. So these guys tried to pretend wow. that that was entrapment. We were tricked you sp- into committing a crime. You to it, though. If there's proof and evidence that you agreed to do it when someone said they're underage, you broke the law. I don't care what it takes to get to this point. I don't, I don't care. You still, you still did it. You were still about to do it, whether you did it or not, or whether you've done it in the past or not. I think that doesn't matter. You were about to do something that is illegal. It's like trying to pay someone a, a fake out. It goes back to the, the people who pretend to um, to kill people for a living. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hitmen. Cops pretend to do that all the time. And in some cases, it works. I have a family member. I think I mentioned on the, on the podcast before. 
who did undercover work for many, many years. And that was one of his jobs. He still actually gets called in to do things because at his age, it actually works really perfectly with some of the older people. He was one of those people in several occasions who befriended these people who they knew, obviously the police already knew full well that they wanted to kill these people. So they brought him in, plunked him into work situations or neighborly situations, and he was undercover that whole time until finally he got that person to confess he was trying to kill somebody or he did something wrong. Sometimes it involved drugs. Sometimes it involved children, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it involved wanting to kill a spouse. Could be any number of things that these people wanted to do. No matter which way you get caught. Like some people think that's unfair, entrapment. These people are still bad people that should get in trouble for what they're doing and got caught doing it too. Like either way, I don't see it as entrapment. I'm glad these people get put away uh, for what that they were planning to do. Even if they didn't do it, the intent was strong and the intent was there. Prime Minister Trudeau has announced $62.5 million in funding over the next six years, so over $10 million a year, to support healing, mental health, and well-being of members of Saskatchewan's James Cree Nation. Uh, Trudeau says everybody should have access to the support they need following a mass stabbing that killed 11 people and injured 18 others. The PM met privately with the victims' families yesterday. The incident happened three months ago on September the 4th. Mm. So not a timely appearance, but I assume he wanted to get his ducks in a row for this funding. And while I don't have a problem uh, funding mental health, in fact, I think we should be spending a lot more money on mental health. Actually, let me correct myself. I don't know that we should be spending more money on mental health. When I see that he's going to spend $62.5 million, basically for mental health and support, on one First Nation territory, and there's a lot of them across Canada, it starts making me wonder where all the money goes. How many times in the last five years have you heard either Justin Trudeau or one of his cabinet ministers or Doug Ford and one of his cabinet ministers come out and make an announcement for mental health funding? Millions upon millions upon millions. We've got to be over the billions that we're spending on mental health now. And while I applaud that, mm-hmm. where the fuck is this money going? For that much money that they're spending, why don't we have mental health walk-in clinics on every corner? Why isn't there mental health hospitals that anybody can go to when they're not feeling right? Where is all the money that's supposed to be for mental health actually going? Well, I really hope we get more DMs on this because the last time that we were talking about mental health and uh, where we're at with getting people the help they need in that moment, I had DMs from people explaining their stories. And some of them, it was really frustrating, Scott. They would call... Uh, hotlines, they would want to speak with uh, counselors who offer these services based on government funding. And the wait lists are insane. They would say, I need help now. I know I'm not right in the head. Help me. And aside from going to the emergency room, which you could do if you feel imminently like you need help right now, please go to the ER. That's what they say. Absolutely. 100%. If you can't get through to someone and you feel like you need help, they you can go ahead and go there. But there are some people who know they need help. Maybe they're not in imminent danger or anyone around them is in an imminent danger. They just need someone to talk to. And then they're told there's a wait list or they're on hold for hours. 
we do need more support and it's disgusting and it's sad. Um, so I'm okay with spending the money. I would like more details on how and where it's being spent. Well, this if, is, if this can be a, why don't we have that though? Do they not give that to us? Do no. they just say, but here's six million here. No, I want more. I want this region, this area, this city's going to, however you want to break it up is getting this. They already have a service in place. They're going to hire three people here. They're going to have a walk-in clinic. Like you suggested, maybe we do that here and there where there's high densely populated areas. Let us know the plan for that and let the public know. I feel like this is stuff that's so quiet. They're more than happy to give these announcements for how much fucking money we're throwing around because we care about your mental health. Where are the details? Why do people have to work so hard to track down someone to help them then? This is the thing. There are, uh, nearest I can tell, not a massive influx of new mental health professionals, whether it be psychiatrists, psychologists, Mm -hmm. counselors. I, I don't think that we've all of a sudden created hundreds of millions of dollars worth of of new ones. So if we're still working off of the system we had, which is private businesses that have set up that are in the mental health business, like, are they getting all these tens of millions of dollars? Are we trying to get more people graduated into the industry? Mm-hmm. You'll probably recall, I, I, I believe it was the education minister, Stephen Lecce, made a huge deal about an announcement during COVID when they were going to put a mental health nurse in every school or something like that. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a school with a mental health Where nurse. Where are we at with that? Where, Where are, are they we at? Updates. I need details. I mean, I think we all need it. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what the what the answers are, but I, we all absolutely need to know this information. My point being that for all the money they're spending, you'd think you'd start to see it at this point. Yeah. You'd think we'd have mental health hospitals or a mental health walk-in, a, a psychologist or psychiatrist or a professional on every corner. You'd think you'd be able to get help right now like you can for regular health care. Well, mental health is health care, and I frankly have no idea where all this money yeah. is going, but it doesn't seem... Like it's having any impact because I don't see it. Maybe someone listening right now that's well connected in Ottawa or at Queens Park could come out and say, hey, you know, we announced 65 million and boom, there's a hospital being built in Toronto for mental health. Where can we go to find out more details about where this is for the people who actually need it? Right. So frustrating. Speaking of the prime minister, this is one that people were DMing me about all weekend. He testified on Friday Mm -hmm. and this isn't necessarily going to be a popular take. But I will say it, on Friday, Justin Trudeau was probably the best Justin Trudeau has ever been. And I don't necessarily believe him. I don't think he's being fully truthful, and nor would I necessarily even expect him to. He's got a lot to account for. He had to make an important decision. I think he made the wrong decision, personally. I don't think the Emergency Act ever should have been invoked. But it's a public inquiry to find out why it happened and to make sure if it was appropriate and to caution future governments or set the rules for future governments to do it. Trudeau made a compelling argument. He said, listen, this was a really fluid situation. We weren't getting help from our police force. We had to do something. Canadians expected us to do something. So we went out and did it. Now, it's a little shady that they still won't release the legal opinion that in their mind allowed them to amend the criteria for the act. That's not right. They should release it. But If you're going to be fair, and I always try to call him the way I see him, Justin Trudeau gave a brilliant performance. He was really good. He was calm, collected, cool. He gave concise explanations. I thought it was all right. I know people that just don't like the guy want to shit on him. I know people who disagree with him 
want to shit on him. I disagree with him too, but you can't fault the guy for that performance. It was pretty fucking good. And I don't know what's going to come out of this inquiry, but mm -hmm. I do think that the prime minister has done more than enough to exonerate his own him, mm. himself yeah. and his own government. Hey, go ahead and hate on me for it. I'm just being fair, everybody. I'm not going to be blindly partisan just because I'm not a fan of his. He did a good job. There are some other people that completely shit the bed, like the public safety minister, and, and that's going to come up in the report. <gasps> Those relationships are so tainted now between a lot of them oh, because yeah. of this. I think we know that. I wonder if there's going to be a policy, and it won't even be advertised publicly, but I wonder how long it's going to take for a memo to be circulated internally amongst the cabinet ministers. Listen here, fuckers. You watch your language in text messages, and you keep in mind yeah. that everything we do could eventually end up on a screen at a public inquiry. Mm -hmm. So you keep it professional at all times. Otherwise, we're going to keep dealing with this embarrassment that keeps coming up over and over mm -hmm. and over again like it did there. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about what happened to okay. you. Can all I right, actually read some text or some of the comments? Can, can we? Oh, okay, let me just start here. So uh, a while back, um, and for many, many times on this podcast, on this podcast, I talked about it. You were talking about putting your Christmas lights up. What did I talk about? I said, I'm going to get these permanently installed Christmas lights put on my house. I want to get it. It's going to happen. Like literally I have plans to do it in the spring. Can't wait. So I had this conversation with many people. My sister-in-law and her husband have them up on their house. And I was there in Alberta visiting them and they were showing me the ins and outs of it. And I was like, this is cool. I'm getting it. I was already kind of sold on it. So when a contest popped up for a giveaway, sure enough, my brother, who I had talked to about that, uh, had tagged me and several other people. Actually, a few friends tagged me on this because it had gone around um, in, in a chain that there was a giveaway for these lights to be installed in your house. So I was like, oh, that's so cool. I was talking to my mom about it. So I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to tag my mom so she knows too. So I did basically what you have to do to enter the contest. I liked the post. I was, I was following them. I tagged my mom and a few other people, whatever it was. So that happened. And I, to be honest with you, I kind of forgot about it. So yesterday toward the evening, it was like six o'clock or so. I get a text and my friend's like, holy crap, cat. You won. And I'm like, what? Won what? I don't win things because I don't enter contests. I, I truly like never enter contests. I'm the person that gives stuff away on the yeah. radio all the time. We give stuff away. That's what we do. I rarely enter any contests aside from that. Me either. I, I hardly ever. And well, no, I never do enter anything. If, if anything, I'll send it to a buddy. Like, hey, this is cool. You might like that. But I feel exactly. like if I win, I'm going to be under a microscope. Like you are. Like, I, this is, like this is happening. So I, I was like, what? So sure enough, I go to my Instagram, this company, and I'm not even going to name the company, okay? But this company had messaged me and been DMing me throughout the day on a couple different platforms. They found me on Twitter, even though this was an Instagram contest, they found me on Twitter and they had been DMing me. So I called right away the number that they had given me and I apologized. I said, I, I really, I'm sorry, I don't have notifications on my phone. And especially during those hours that they were trying to reach me, I was very busy. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm sorry. And he's like, oh, is your phone blowing up right now? And I'm like, in what way? My phone blows up a lot, mm -hmm. especially as of late. He's like, yeah, we just, we figured out who you are. And I was like, okay, so what's happening? So they it's used- funny. He says, we figured out who you are. Like he's some sort of a detective. Yeah. It says right in the profile, <laughs> profile who the fuck you are. So, um, so that's fine. I was like, okay, um, I, I won. You know, like I just saw the post. I just got this text. I looked at the post. I went, holy shit. And I call the number and he's like, yes. And he goes, so look, um, 
I don't want you to feel bad or guilty based on the comments. And I said, I haven't even read the, why? Oh my gosh, there's obviously, there's going to be comments. If you click my profile, you see that I have a big following. You see that I could be considered an influencer, although I, I don't know, whatever. I do what I do for a living. That is what it is. I'm the voice of TikTok, along with a radio personality, along with a podcaster. And I understand how some people saw that, clicked on my profile, and they made this really great video. They made an entire video about it and put voice of cat on there, which is my Instagram handle and the whole nine. So everybody knew who won and clicking on my profile would send you to my page. So you can go ahead and, and, and read some of the comments, but I did speak with the company on this. So I will explain what the company and I, what the conversation we had yesterday after you read some of these. Um, I just want to point out, by the way, we haven't named the company like, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to do it, right? No, I'm not going to do it. Right, because, I mean, there's people who think that you won this contest because you can offer some promotional advantage. I'll give you an example. Here's a comment from Stacy. It wasn't a contest for regular Joes. It was a contest for who could give them the best promotion. Here's another one. She's on the radio. They probably picked her so that she'd talk about it on her socials and radio platforms. And the company has weighed in here saying, no, we use a randomizer that's used to select the winner. The winning account had just as much of a chance at winning as anyone else who participated. We look forward to being able to offer more giveaways in the future and hope you'll continue to join in the fun. The company's really taking it on the chin, too, because... I feel bad for them. Yeah, I feel bad so do for I, them. actually. They use... There's an app. Um, they actually, in the actual Instagram video, they explain the app that they use. There's actually a process that you can use as doing contest giveaways. And I'm familiar with it just because we are in radio. So I understand that we'll use that randomizer app as well. That's what they used. And my name popped up after the randomizer went through. That's, that's just what happened. Some people are wondering, where is the video showing the random selection? I don't know that they thought to do a video for that, and I don't know why they would want to do a video for that just to prove it's 100% authentic. Yeah. I don't know, people. I mean, you have a choice in life. You can either enter a contest or don't. But if you enter a contest and don't win, you can't then go back and criticize the contest without some serious proof. Here's Kat telling you. She had nothing to do with it. She was even hesitant to even enter. Yeah, I was. And she still feels weird that she even won. And I'm still hesitant to like to like accept the, the giveaway, even though they could, they said no. Like this, you were selected. The, um, what am I? What are we supposed to do? And he gave me this scenario. He said, "So what are we supposed to do when your name pops up? We look at your profile and we go, no, we're not going to do it because of the amount of followers. It's going to look bad." The winner is the winner, period. Right. And that's how they do things. He said it's fair either way. We couldn't say no to you just because of your followers, just like we can't say no to someone because of the amount of followers they may not have. Right. You're exactly right. Uh, another comment from Joseph. Typical company picking a winner that'll give their product exposure rather than choosing some nobody who has no following. Uh, where do we watch the video to see this supposed raffle? <laughs> Somebody's defending you. At the end of the day, only one person gets to win. Having a temper tantrum that it wasn't you doesn't change things. Thank you to the company for the giveaway and congrats to the winner. Isn't that the reasonable, measured way to respond if you respond at all? I mean, just be humble. You don't need to complain and claim that it's rigged because you didn't win when there were thousands of entries. Your odds of winning were not great yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, hey, listen, I don't think you did anything wrong, but what I'm wondering is, is it going to be weird? Because you won something. And I think you're very much like me in that I, I never want anything for free. I feel bad taking something for yeah. free. So when this crew of people 
comes and they bring their truck full of ladders and they're installing your permanent all year round Christmas lights. And then they come to you at the end and say, well, you're all set, ma'am. Have a good day. Aren't you going to feel like, fuck, should I give them money? Do I tip them? What do I do? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I'm cont- I'm probably will do that. I don't know what the protocol is for that. The installers? Yeah, they're going to get a, they're going to get a tip. Or maybe tell me where your store is and I'll come in and actually buy something. Like, I feel bad getting something for free. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know yeah. if it's just me or I, not. No, I do, totally. It, I, it's like same thing. It's a, it's a new experience because you're always on the other end of it, right? Because sure. you're always used to giving stuff away. Yeah. And so we when, make it real easy too, right? Like yeah. we email you your prize most of the time. We do. We do make it as easy as possible. This um, is, people so got to come to your house. This is different. Yeah, this is definitely, this is definitely different. It's extremely unexpected. Like I said, when I, when, when my friend uh, had messaged me, said, you won. I had I had no idea what they were talking about. I was like, "Won what? <laughs> like, won the day? Woo! Had a great day! Yeah. Like, I don't know what you mean." And then they had to actually like send me the link, and I went, "Oh my god! I had no idea." I had no idea. Are you excited, though? They're really cool. Of course. I mean, I've talked about getting these forever. I want to light up my house for all of the occasions. Mm -hmm. Yes, all year round. I I love the concept of it. Um, I'm going, and and the cool part is, I think they're going to be up for Christmas. No way. Like, they're going to get them installed before Christmas. How much would this cost if you were going to buy it? The prize is right there on the giveaway. It's worth uh, $4,000. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty good for a contest. I mean, I don't know what size of house that they were hoping for. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have no idea if that's like the average price or if that's like what they're willing to do. I mean, I, I truly don't know at this point. I really don't know. They'll do a good job. So one of the things that I've noticed lately is the amount of people that are paying to have someone else come and put up their Christmas lights. And when they do that, those guys are quick. They've got a yes. system where one person's up the ladder, another person's below them moving the ladder. Somebody else is firing lights up yep. the ladder as quickly as possible. And oh, we're at the end of the strand. Two other people go and get another strand. They connect it up and just keep on yeah. going. They can drop a clip on a strand of lights in seconds. It's so cool. Well, my neighbor just got that service done because we had a sign put up on our street and it must have worked. The advertising worked because a few days later he had it put up on his house and it does look fantastic. And I saw the guys at work. And they were just like, boom, boom. I say guys only because at that time there was only men that I saw. Um, but yeah, there's like three or four of them. They're hopping out of trucks and they're standing on ladders and they're on to the next house. Hey, I love that service. Though. I like it. Hey, if you're able to do it and that's an option for you, great. I mean, I will let you guys know how I feel about the lights once they are installed without doing an endorsement because it is not an endorsement. But there's lots of different companies that do it is the truth. And, and you could, I believe that. And you could look at different kinds and you could price them out. And, and they do vary uh, slightly as well, the kind of lights. Uh, but this is cool. It's programmable. You do it on your phone anytime. You can have auto timers. You can set it to pot lights. So it's just specific lights that pop up based on your house. I mean, it's freaking cool, man. It's neat. I'm jealous. I think it's amazing. But on that, we got to go. Have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday, everybody. Another brand new episode of After 9 coming your way tomorrow, depending on what fashion brand releases what today. Oh, (laughs) boy. I have no idea. The day is still young. Oh, and by the way, we're also going to get to a bunch of voicemails tomorrow. Do you want to do that? We have a few voicemails lingering in our inbox. If you would like to add to it, there's just a bunch of podcasts we're going to go back on based on your comments. Um, Feel free to drop us a voicemail, 519-772-4443. We're going to get to those. Again, it's 519-772-4443. Don't be shy. Use your voice. Let us know how you feel about this podcast, previous podcasts, questions that you have. Reach us anytime. Next year, Americans will get to vote in the Eurovision Song Contest. 
Although I'm already having trouble understanding the system. I check out this confirmation text I just got today. I said, thank you for voting in this year's European contest. You have selected Fluff and Rolf. If you no longer wish to receive this text, please reply Schluta. Thanksgiving is over. We're at the uh, bitter end of leftovers. Who else had stuffing for breakfast this morning? Just me? A quick leftover tip. Salad, not great after four days. I put it on my plate. I had a bite. It smelled like moss. I scraped it right into the garbage can. Well, get this. A woman in Florida is suing Kraft Heinz because her microwavable Velveeta macaroni allegedly took longer to prepare than the label on the box set. Velveeta was like, Phew, I thought you were going to sue because the box said real cheese. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.